How would you like to grow your business the easy way, and in my humble opinion, the fun way, through speaking? Yes, you can literally speak your way to more business, and we can show you how. You know, when I started my coaching business 15 years ago, I struggled making only $900 in the first two years. Yeah, you heard that right. Less than $1,000 in two years. The problem? I was busy running around to networking events and handing out business cards, trying to help everyone, you know, everyone. Then I took the stage for the first time in my life and began speaking and teaching about the strategies I coached on. And when I really got my message dialed in, my business went literally from three figures a year (laughs) to seven figures. The secret I finally realized is that when you take the stage, you instantly become seen as the leading voice in your niche or industry. Today, we show entrepreneurs just like you and just like I was how to dominate your niche by becoming the leading voice, not just another expert. We run an incredible business mastermind speaker training program. It's called The Leading Voice. You guessed it. If you head over to leadingvoiceplatform.com slash podcast and grab my free roadmap, Eight Pillars to Profitable Speaking. This free roadmap outlines the exact eight secret weapons you need to truly become the leading voice in your niche. This is exclusively for my podcast listeners. You go to leadingvoiceplatform.com slash podcast and start speaking your way to more business. Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, what's going on? Welcome. Welcome back to a special, special Driven Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Matt Browning, and I am here. Uh, If you're on the audio feed, we do have a video version of this particular episode going up on our YouTube channel. You can find out more about that. This week, I'm here with a real special guest, Mr. Dan Locke. He's a Chinese-Canadian business uh, man. He's a global educator, best known as the founder and chairman of Closers.com, the world's number one software-as-a-service platform, connects companies to closers. Uh, He is all over the place. You can see Dan Locke with Dan Locke TV on Roku. He has a huge YouTube channel, over a million followers in 127 plus countries. And he's been named with a huge wide reach alongside The Rock, Will Smith, Russell Brand, and several other massive, massive video influencers. He's been all over ABC, MSNBC, CBS, Fox Business News, Forbes, CNNBC. You've seen him everywhere you can see people. And he is here today on The Driven Entrepreneur to teach us and talk a little bit about the story. Um, of high ticket sales and the story that goes along with that. Dan, welcome to the show, my brother. How are you? Hey, Matt. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. Uh, I believe the number one quality of an entrepreneur is you got to have drive. So the Driven Entrepreneur, perfect, perfect name, perfect title. I think it makes perfect sense. And I love if you're watching the video, you you did the uh, the decency of having the Driven Entrepreneur in your background. Right that is there. hilarious. I love right that. Right there. Yes. So <laughs> you got to always be promoting. <laughs> let me let me start in kind of the beginning. Is you know you you're clearly like the, this massive. Uh, you're everywhere. You put up a YouTube video every single day. You're mm. teaching constantly. You're driven to create content. You have a new book coming out. Unlock it. We'll get into that as well. Mm. When you were a kid, 
were you always like this? Were you the kid like selling candy at school from, you know, like that kind of a thing or what, at what age did you feel like there was a a switch that flipped in you that that created kind of who you are? Well, not in a million years could I ever imagine this is what I would do. (laughs) Not in in a million years. Because when I, because I was born in Hong Kong, right? I immigrated to North America when I was 14 years old. Uh, couldn't speak a word of English with no money, no connections. And shortly after that, that my mom and dad got divorced when I was 16 years old. And as the only child in my family, uh, it was just me and my mom living in North America, and I had to take care of my mom. So and did your dad remain in China when you guys immigrated? Yeah, he was. So he remained in Hong Kong. And uh-huh. then when I, shortly after the divorce, when I was 17 years old, then my dad actually went bankrupt. Uh, his business partner took all his money and disappeared. And that left him about a million dollars in debt, US, a million dollars in debt. And that wiped him out uh, emotionally, it wiped him out financially. And that's, I think you can see this, the, the switch. That's when I had to make the switch and say, okay, I gotta, I gotta man up, I gotta mature, I gotta take care of my family, I gotta take care of my mom and support her. And one thing I've learned is, and people ask me, like, why am I so driven? It's because of that period of time. That when you, as a child, when something like that happens, you learn that you cannot even count on your own father, right? You cannot count on anyone to provide for you. You have to provide for yourself. And that's why I've always been very, very driven. And I'm even more driven today, even after all the success, everything I have compared to even when I was, you know, when I was just getting started. And this, this internal, this fire within me, it, it never, never stops. Do you have kids now? No, not yet. We've been, uh, we've been together uh, 12 years. We've been married, Jenny and I, eight years now. Oh, congratulations. Thank shout you. Out to, shout out to Jenny Locke. Thank uh, you. You know, well, I, I ask that because one of the things I'm always very, very curious about is mm. it seems like in that, that entrepreneur gene oftentimes is born out of something in the environment, right? Just like your story. And I have a, yeah. a similar story in a way, different, of course. Yeah. But I look, I have one eight-year-old son and I, and I look at him and think, okay, I don't want him to go through what I went through. But at the same time, I want him to go through what I went through. And I'm wondering, what do you think, this is pre-kids, so you got a free pass on this answer. Yes. Uh, But what do you think would be your parenting philosophy when it comes to kind of the the bumps along the road and the hard times that you had to go through? What do you think you might do? I'm very clear. I know what I I would do. Uh, First of all, I definitely want him to, to make the mistakes. I would not shield him from those mistakes. I think the worst thing, uh, if, if, I, if I'm a father as a parent, to, to rob him of the opportunity to learn, right? So I would tell my kids very clear, like a couple of things that I would do. Number one, he's not get, getting a penny of my money. Not a penny. Not a penny. So he's not getting a penny of my money, right? I'll leave him with two things. I'll give him my library, which has got thousands of books, and I will leave him with my connections. That's it. So the connections can give a leg up, but they have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, you go through, which, I mean, for a lot of kids, this would be a severe shift in, in personality. Did you, did you find yourself jumping right in and saying, okay, you know what? Uh, dad's gone. Me and mom, I got to take care of business. Did you go yeah. get a job? What, what was the first steps you did? And where did you find yourself ending up within a few years? Yeah, because I was at the time I was going to a high school and in my school in my area, which is Surrey in Vancouver, which is kind of like the not so good neighborhood, it's kind of the hood in, in Vancouver, right? 
So, uh, and when I was going through the high school there, I was only one of the three Chinese in my school, right? So I was getting bully every, I got beat up. Like I was getting bully. I was getting like, you know, just a lot of bad stuff happened to me, right? And because nearly was, no English at this point as well. No. You're learning, you're having to learn it. As uh, not only no English, I was so shy because I was afraid to talk to people, right? I was afraid because I, when I when I opened my mouth, they don't understand what I was talking about. So that made me even closed up even more. So I always describe like during that period of time when I was in high school, I was the, the invisible kid. Meaning, you know, you know, Matt, the kid where always sitting in the very back of the classroom, never put up his hand, never talked to anybody. And after a few semesters, you still don't know his name. I was that kid, right? So through this period of time, it was, that's why it com- like compared to what I do today, it's like the total opposite of now, like I'm being interviewed, I'm sharing, I'm teaching and things like that. But one thing it did, uh, there was a turning point was, was I was getting beat up. One day I was actually flipping the channel, watching cable TV at home with my mom. Uh, and a Bruce Lee movie came out, which is the way of the dragon, return of the dragon, where Bruce Lee went to Rome and he fought Chuck Norris and beat up all these bad guys. The minute Great. I saw that... He, he, he became my hero. Like, I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. Uh, so from there, it's like, wow, a guy who couldn't speak English, right? But he's like kicking ass and, and you know, beating all the bad guys. This is amazing, right? And, and I found that super inspirational, super inspirational. So from then on, actually, I, tur- I took some uh, karate classes and, and I learned martial art. I've been a martial artist since then. And so martial art changed my life. It taught me focus, discipline. Um, values, community, everything. So a lot of the business philosophies I have today, a lot of it's from martial art. In fact, I run my organization kind of like a martial art organization. Give me an example of that because I I love where you're going with that and I love the idea, certainly the values and the respect and whatnot. What's a real life or a couple examples of how you would run an office and a a team differently? Yeah, yeah. so example would be, uh, first of all, all my almost, I've never hired based on a resume. Not one. No one in my company come in because they have a good resume. Okay. Almost all my team members I have now, they were my students, one way or the other. Right. So they learn from me first, right, on business and entrepreneurship. And then from there, they understand what I do and, and they've experienced a transformation. And they want to be able to bring this to more people. And from there, and that's how they now say they want to join my team. That's number one. Right. Uh, second thing that is, uh, we have a very. It's interesting if when you if you go to an event and people would see, oh, that's that's from Team Danlock. We like we dress a certain way, just like in karate, you have the gi, right, the uniform. Yes, we we dress and look a certain way, right. Um, that's another thing that we have. Um, a huge thing. It's almost all my students, all my uh, all my staff members. Uh, they refer to me as Sifu, which Sifu means like teacher in, it's like sensei in Japanese, but Sifu yes. is a Chinese term. I guess we, we do martial arts. So like those are some of the things that we implement in, in the company. Uh, very strict core values. I teach respect among members to each other. Um, so very, very much so. Learn to think, same thing. Well, I, I love to hear this too, because you know, sometimes, um, and I'll, I guess I'll, I'll give you my perception too, is I think sometimes people that are in the, the expert space, mm. especially 
you know, like I look at some of my YouTube videos on teaching different aspects, but whenever I get into the sales conversation, mm. uh, the, the trolls are quick to come out and say, Oh, look at, you know, your snake oil, you're this, you're that. Yeah. Um, because it's like, there's this thing about, I don't know, what is it about people that when you start to have this conversation of how do you sell, it's like yeah. it instantly create something different. And it's really yeah. good to start this with, I want people to understand, that's why I went there with you. I want people to understand that you're a guy that not only understands sales, high ticket sales, the psychology of, of a client and the psychology of a business person, but you have strong integrity and values as well that are, that are the foundations of all of that. And I wanted to start with that part of the story. Tell me, what was your first content you started doing? Was it sales or do you have a backstory on what you first started doing when you started teaching? It, it was no, it it wasn't sales. It's interesting how the world sees me as, or oh, I'm like a sales trainer, where I'm the furthest away from a sales trainer. <laughs> it's just <laughs> because your famous video, man. I don't know how, yeah, how many. Yeah, I guess it's because that's the the video that I have um, that people can see. Uh, I teach closing, which that by the way, there's a difference between sales and closing. So let me answer your questions in multiple ways because it's such a good question. I right? can't wait. So first of all, let's talk about sales very quickly. Why people such have a negative association with the word sales because think about it, Matt like the minute I say the word sales a salesperson what word pops to mind no filter what word pops to mind slimy slimy what else skeezy what else uh, controlling controlling what else taking advantage yes not caring right you know yep. scamming people used car salesmen snake oil right all of that <laughs> yeah I I imagine imagine let's say your kid going through high school right now imagine okay now they're all grown up right it comes, hey, dad, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a doctor. Now, most parents would be like, oh, hey, good, son. That's good, right? You want to be a doctor, good. be a lawyer? Great. Imagine, right, a kid comes home and says, dad, when I grow up, I want to be a salesperson. You're like, what? That's what? not a career. That's not a career. Like, you need to get a real job, right? Like, or, or like, what, like, what have I done right, as a parent? Right? I failed. <laughs> it's because of this. So what happens is when we get into business, when we sell, there's a lot of the programming in the background where, oh, if, if I sell, if I make an offer, if I talk about what I do on a podcast, on, on video, ooh, there's something wrong. And you could tell because when people mention something, you could tell from the body language, they're not comfortable promoting or, or talking about what they do. And so what happens is when the audience views it, you're not comfortable and you lack conviction and confidence, right? And you are not comfortable talking about it. Then I believe it doesn't matter what you do. If you, I always talk to entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, anyone. I ask them, do you believe in what you do? Flat out, no bullshit. Do you believe in what you do? Like, don't lie. And they say, yes, I believe in what I do. Do you believe you, you actually want to help people? Again, don't lie. Be honest, right? Yep. Yes, I do. I said, then you then it's your obligation. You're morally obligated to bring this out, to get this out to as, as many people as possible. The trolls, the naysayers, they're not going to be the ones that you can help. So they, what, what's your take, Dan, if I, sorry to interrupt, but yes. what's your take then on when someone answers you that way, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you can read it in their face, even though like, oh, I, I know that this is, this is great stuff, but you can read it in their body language that yep. they're not convicted a hundred percent. Do you, what advice do you have for someone that's in that place where they go, I know I do great stuff and I want to believe a hundred percent in what I do. Yeah. But maybe, maybe I'm going to be honest. And I believe 95%. What mm. can I do to close the gap? Because I know that I'm, and I'm speaking for maybe, you know, a client listening. I know that 
I'm bringing some of that trepidation, some of that fear, some of that uncertainty to the sales conversation. It's very simple. It's a, it's a mindset shift. The reason you're being uncomfortable is because you're being selfish. You might think Bring you're- it. Bring it. You might think you're be, because, oh, no, no, I want to help people. No, but you're being selfish, 100%. Because you put your feelings ahead of other people's results first. You care about how people see me, how people view me, what would people think of me? Or what, what if I get no? All this stuff is all me, 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 me. It's all me, 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 me. So it's like a speaker. You go on stage. Oh, look at how smart I am. It's me, 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 me. It would, it would come across that way. But versus, you know what? I'm here to deliver value. I'm here to help. I'm here to deliver results. When, when you focus on that, you don't care if people say no. You don't care if you get a negative message from a troll. I, every single day, I get tens of thousands of trolls. Tens of to. thousands of trolls, right? It's all, it's all part of it, right? So you will not worry about it because you're not putting, it's not about you. When you understand it's not about you, it's about your message, your product, your gift, your expertise, you're going to bring out to the marketplace, then this doesn't matter. You only worry about it when it's me, 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 me. Phenomenal, phenomenal uh, perspective. So when you, make be- that, when you make that shift, it's not about you. Truly, it's not about you. Then it doesn't bother you at all. Zero. It doesn't bother you at all. It wouldn't bother you. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a shift that, I mean, honestly, as we're recording this 2019, like, I don't know if you, I'm sure you agree with this, but this is a time when I think this conversation has to come out and has to change quite a bit. You know, it's, it's no longer okay, in my opinion. I don't think it ever was, but so many people out there have been selling programs that they got taught by a guru. Some guru said, here's what you have to do. You want a lifestyle-friendly business entrepreneur, so you decide to create programs, products, and services that are designed around what you want for your life. And I don't know about you, Dan, but like, I don't want to buy a program from someone that their number one value of that program is that they can be sitting in Hawaii somewhere. 100%. I want to buy a program from someone who actually cares about me. That's right. And that doesn't motivate people and it doesn't attract good people. That's the part. Like I think, I think in life, I actually talk about this in, 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 in my book, right? In life, I think we go through four stages. First stage is what I call survival, where you just want to survive. You want to pay the bills. You want to be able to just get by. And a lot of people, no, nothing wrong with that. We all go through that stage. When I was younger, I was living in that survival stage, right? And then stage two is what I call security. Now you, you got a roof over your head, right? You, you, you can pay the bills. You, you're kind of, you're, you're okay. You're okay. And, and that's perfectly fine. But I think most people, they don't understand there are two more stages. The third stage is what I call success. How do you go from security to success? Now, when you're successful, you don't just have everything you need. You have everything you want, right? You're not driving a car. You're driving the car that you want. You're not taking a vacation. You're taking the vacation that you want. You're staying in the hotel that you want. You travel in the way that you want. That's success. And I think most entrepreneurs, even though after they made it, they stay stuck at success. I was there first 10 years, stay in success for many, many, many years because I didn't know that's another level, which is significance. Well, and especially when you're coming from a place where you had the exact opposite of success. That's exactly it. We don't grow up with the money. We grow up with the struggle. When you start to see that other side, it's like, man, yeah. this is the promised land. This, this is, is the promised land. This is the green grass. Yeah. And, 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 but and, it and, always and, empties out, doesn't it? It all empties out because I, I, was, I was chasing success and I thought this is what I wanted. But it turns out that I was using success to cover up my own wounds in the past, right? 
getting beat up, not, not getting attention and, and all these things. I was, that's why it's me, me, me. Like the first, the first 10 years, I say, I would say from 20 years old to 30 years old, I was, I was an asshole. I was, I was arrogant, right? Because I thought I, yeah. I'm smarter than anybody else. I'm young, right? Right. I like, I've got, I've got all these companies. I've got all, I've got this lifestyle. I've got some, I was getting a new car every year. I thought that's what success means. I thought this is what life is about. That's not, that's not what life is about. And then when I learned that I can transition to significance, but you know, Matt, what's very interesting? When you, when you focus on significance, meaning that it's not about you, it's about other people, you get everything else. You get the security. You don't need to worry about survival. You automatically get success. In fact, your success is so much bigger because now people want to be part of what you do. You, get, you attract the best people to join your team. You attract the best customers. Because it's not a lifestyle-driven, me-driven thing. It is a mission. It's a value-driven organization. And human beings, we are wired. We want to be part of something bigger, right? Like you said, I'm not inspired when I buy your program. You just want to sit on the beach and do nothing and work, you know, five hours a week. That doesn't inspire anybody. It's by nobody. Versus, you know what? What I do, I want to impact X amount of people, right? I want to help X amount of people. How could I be part of that? I want to be part of that. Or it's just a very big difference. So when you talk about going from survival, success, significance, mm-hmm. do you feel like it's something that has to be chronological in that order? Or, because when, when I'm listening to this, of course, and I think yes. most people would, they think, oh, success. Yeah, I, like I can't remember the last time I ran into a client or a seminar student who said, yeah, I want the fancy cars. Most of them have the exact opposite message. They say, hey, yeah. I don't care what I drive. What I care about is who I impact. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, like as we're recording right here, right now, I'm, yep. I'm proud. Of, you know, I have a 2005 Jeep Cherokee. I could care less about, I don't know, I, I just don't care about that stuff. I used to, and I had everything I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I went through this deal where I hit success in an early age, about 25, mm-hmm. some millionaire through real estate, through business. And then I decided that this is absolutely empty. I, yes. People, you, people listen, you guys have heard my story. I'm not going to take time on that. But like, I basically abandoned everything and went after a life of significance. Mm-hmm. What do you say to the order of things? Can you go directly to significance and say, I don't actually care about the Bentley? Or is it mandatory that you sort of get to the top of the proverbial mountain, so to speak, before you can expand? How does that work in your mind? I think in my mind, logically, no, but emotionally, yes. <laughs> okay, so logically, you could jump to significance. But I think for human beings, it's very difficult to focus on helping others when you can pay your rent for most people. It's just difficult. You got you to gotta take care of your family, right? Because I always say you cannot give coming from a place of scarcity. You can only give coming, coming from a place of abundance. That's good. And, and, and so for anyone who, who wants to help other people, then my question, my message is, how many more people you could help if you're more successful? You just have more resources. Money, just resources, right? That you just have more. So when, when you want to set up a foundation, you can only raise X amount of dollars. When Bill Gates wants to set up a foundation, he can raise billions of dollars, right? Because not just because it's money, but because of his, his influential influence, right? So I think if you understand that part of it, and don't get me wrong, having nice things, I like nice things too. What I'm saying is I'm buying nice things not, to, not because I want to impress somebody, I just because I like those things. This is what I like. Like a little thing like that, right? You know, a little Iron Man thing. It's just what I like. It's not to, it's not for others. It's just what I like. Right? Is, that, is that a Dan Locke bobblehead? Yeah, bobblehead. It's actually from my, from my student. 
Okay. Can you bring that a little to the camera a little bit? So if you're, again, if you're on the audio feed, you get yeah. to see this video on YouTube. He's got a Danlock bobble. Yeah. It's actually from my students, a gift, right? So I cherish it. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So it's like the, these little things where, where it's nothing. So I, I want, what I'm saying is don't feel guilty if you want to have finer things in life. At the same time, don't be sucked into that because you think that would give you all the happiness you want. It won't. It will make your life more comfortable. That's nice. But then all the extra resources you have, use it, right? Use it wisely to help others. You'll be able to so do so much more, so much more. Like to me, like all the social media, all that, it's all nice. But really, I want to, I, we, it's not about social media following. It's about social capital. I'm accumulating social capital. So when I want to do something, it will move. Versus you have, to, you have the resources, you have the connection, you have the influence to do that. And versus sure. I want to do something. No one, no one wants to pay attention. And you're certainly doing that between, again, your YouTube channel. Um, yep. Yeah, check that out. We'll have that in the show notes as well, everyone. So yep. search Dan Locke on YouTube. Dan Locke, that's D-A-N-L-O-K. D-A-N-L-O-K on Instagram, yes. YouTube, Facebook. And you will find the one with a whole bunch of followers that has videos and teaching every single day. Every single um, day. Your new book, Unlock It, The Master Key to Wealth, Success, and Significance. I know we've been talking about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, uh, for the last kind of couple questions here, if you don't mind, I'd love to understand a little more about um, the wealth triangles in your book. I haven't had a chance. I know it's, uh, by the time we drop this episode, it should be just about available or just come available. Mm. Um, it's coming out this year. Unlock It. Tell me about the wealth triangle prospect in the book how that works and, and why that's so important when it comes mm. to selling and success. So you think about the, the four stages. So when, when I share the four stages, then people, the next question, so Dan, how do I go from, how do I go from survival to security to success or significance? What do I need to do? And I teach this very simple concept and framework, which is the wealth triangles. You think of a triangle has three different parts, right? The first pillar that I teach is called high income skills. And uh, I said high-income skills, not high-income jobs. And high-income skills, my definition is a skill set that you could offer to the marketplace in exchange of money. A skill set that could make you a minimum of $10,000 per month. The reason I came up with $10,000 a month, six-figure a year, basically, is I find that that's the magic number for a lot of people. That for most people, if they're making ten k a month, for most, if you don't blow your money, you're okay. You're, you're comfortable, right? You're living a, a decent life. So for $10,000 a month, and I also find that when people hit their $10,000 a month threshold, rarely they go back down less than $10,000. That becomes a new comfort, right? And then it's now how do you go beyond, right? Which some people, they just stay stuck, but this is how it go beyond. So that's high income skills. You're still trading hours for dollars, but you're trading hours for high dollars. And then you transition what I call scalable business. A scalable business, it's a business that you could scale, right, uh, at a very rapid pace without a lot of infrastructure, right? So, okay. example, if you want to open up a lot of restaurants, well, that's not, a, it's a business, but it's not a scalable business because every time you open up a new location, you need to sign a lease, you need to do renovation, you got to hire a lot of people, right? That's a, so, we want a scalable business. And then you have what I call the last part, it's the high return investments, and I define high return investments, investments that could uh, generate a return of 10% more or more year in and year out. So 10% return. You're in real estate, so you know exactly what that means, right? Sure. It could be cash flow, it could be capital gain, doesn't really matter, but high return investments. Now, so why this is so critical? Because high income skills give you income. And income is king. You can't be financially successful without income. 
right? Your we business. About that. You have to make that first. You make that first. People are, people are coming from the, they don't have security yet. And they're trying to be significant, but oh, they're trying to start their, they're, their business they're living in poverty. Yeah. Or they try to let me mortgage my home. Let me, let me create that widget. You see this on like Shark Tank, things like that. Oh, right? it's, dream, but, it's no different than a lotto ticket. 100%. They think, oh, they see someone on social media. Oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. So they jump to, to, to scalable business without a, a foundation, right? So a scalable business gives you profit, right? In business, we call that profit. And what you want to do is you want to take the profit and you invest into a high return investment. And that builds your net worth. So start with high income producing skills so you can make the income. That's right. And, and then you move from and, the income and you move to profit by scaling. And now you're, you're exponentially increasing your profit. That's and right. Your final thing you're teaching in the book, Unlock It, of course, is... Yes, high return investment. investments. What do you do with that in the first place to make so, sure it stays? Exactly. So, so, so what, this is about making it, keeping it, right? No, 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 making it, keeping it, multiplying it, right? And this is investing it. So you think about the net worth. So now you have this very positive cycle going on. Right. Versus think about some people, man, I'm sure you know someone who jump into, oh, I'm going to invest in real estate with very low income, or I'm, I'm going to invest in cryptocurrency. Then they become asset rich and cash poor. Right. And that's not a very good way to live. Right. They, they can't like, they, you can't like eat the brick. Right. So you got this issue. So you this can't is eat the brick. Right, you can't eat the brick, man. So, so you, you have you have this going on. So, versus now, anyone that's listening, okay, I'm making less than ten thousand. I'm making three, four thousand. I'm have I have a job. What at first step? I need to develop a high income skill. Period. Once you that's going, what it tells me, anyone that's making ten k a month with your skill set, it tells me a number of things about who you are. It means you yeah. probably you, you probably mean you're decent at selling, right? It probably means you've got a you've got a product, a proof, a proven concept, right? And you're probably decent with people. Otherwise, people won't buy from you. You know, you have some people's skill. Now you have some of those good skill sets and qualities. When you transition to a business, your chance of success is way higher. Versus, hey, I'm, I don't have any business experience. I've never done this before. I don't know anything about this industry. Hey, but I saw an ad on Facebook saying I should, I should sell on Amazon. So I'm going to jump on this Amazon thing, mortgage my homes, and see how it works. And then, of course, you will fail. Right? Versus so, this is the way to, to do it. So instead, you, you lay out exactly the, the format to move. And I love that you're, you're laying out not just environmental, but psychological and yep. skill set wise, the whole thing. Guys, Dan Locke is my guest today, mastering high ticket sales, but so much beyond there. Our conversation is, is actually hasn't really been about selling at all, has it? It's been about psychology. It's been about culture. It's been about- but It is about selling. Wealth <laughs> and significance. Yes. A little bit, yeah. So his book is Unlock It, The Master Key to Wealth, Success, and Significance. You can find Dan's book at theunlockitbook.com. The book is Unlock It. The website is theunlockitbook.com. Grab the book right there. Uh, and I'm sure all places books are sold. Follow Dan on Instagram and YouTube, Dan Lock, D-A-N-L-O-K. Dan, it has been a phenomenal time, my friend. I really appreciate your time. I know you have a very, very busy schedule. We've been trying to Thank make you, this for months. Yeah, I appreciate Glad it. to have you on the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Guys, that is it for the show this week. So make sure you follow, subscribe, rate, and review below this video, uh, down on the device you're choosing. Or if you're in the car, you're in the gym, listen to us on the radio, head over to Apple, uh, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get on-demand audio and video shows. Get it there, subscribe, rate, review. We sure appreciate you. As usual, get out this week, just like Dan would have you do. 
crush it and do something significant. Thank you. Thank you.